Welcome to an emergency edition of Hey, Great Shot. West off right away, I need emergency sirens, I need fireworks, and I even need a happy birthday sound effect because Max Stachowiak, what did Francis Tiafo do on his birthday? He takes out Grigor Dimitrov, 7-5, to make his first Grand Slam quarterfinal of his career. You know, I didn't give you the customary uh, introduction, so Matt, hey, great shot to you, but oh my goodness, what a result. Oh, baby. Just what we wanted, man. Woo! I'm still fired up. I really am. That was awesome. Couldn't have asked for a better match. Perfect. I mean, where do we even begin with this one? Let, let's just start with the level of tennis. For Francis Tiafa to do this after taking out Kevin Anderson, after going five sets with Andreas Seppi, you could see how physically exhausted he was at the end of this match. It was so incredible, the level of tennis he displayed. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he got past the point of physical exhaustion. You could tell he was he was dying out there. I thought after he dropped that third set... It had a bad smell to it, man. I was a little bit worried, but mentally, I mean, this guy, I I really don't even know what to say. I mean, this guy's done everything asked of him every single match. Anderson, Seppi, Dimitrov, back to back to back. He's in the quarters on his birthday. He was speechless. I'm speechless. Woo! <laughs> well, then, let, let, I'll fill in your speech with some stats, maybe give you some context to work with. In terms of, you know, some of the, the things from this match, the ace-to-double fault ratio, Dimitrov, 21, of, uh, 21 aces against six double faults in this match. Some of those double faults came at horrible times. For Tiafo, 10 aces against four double faults. You know, Dimitrov served well. He goes 65% of his first serves and wins 74% of his first serve points. Usually that gets the job done. You know, wins 50% of his uh, second serve points. Francis does get five breaks in this match, goes five of 13. So those stats may be a little bit misleading from the Dimitrov side, but you look at Francis Tiafo in this match, 65% of his first serve goes in. He goes 123 of 190, hit 190 first serves in this match. That is a big number. That does not bode well for his next round. You know, wins 67% of his first serve points, wins only 49% of his second serve points, but still Grigor in this match, three of 18. It seems like Tiafo fought himself out of every hole he dug on his service games. The thing that stands out to me most in these stats, Tiafo in this match, 45 of 66 from the net, uh, 68% conversion rate, hit 63 winners against 54 unforced errors. He knew he had to be the aggressor against Dimitrov, and Again, the third round in the row, and you know, you see something twice, maybe it's just he's gotten lucky. Three times, it's starting to look like a trend. Francis is just so much more comfortable this year stepping into his ground strokes, particularly on the forehand side. That thing is a weapon right now. Yeah, this is the difference in his game this year, is him, his willingness to come forward. It's won him these past few matches, really against Anderson, Seppi, and Grigor. He has no fear now. Coming forward, he's always been an aggressive kind of player from the baseline, but he doesn't mind coming into the net now. He's can I give a con- can I give a counterpoint? It's not that he has developed no fear. I don't think he ever had fear coming forward. I think now there's just there's a plan. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, he's clear. His his tactics are clear every match. It seems like when he goes out there. But here's what I want to say. This is this 
to me, was the turning point in the match. Second set tiebreaker. Grigor's up 6-3. What happens? He double faults, okay? He double faults. I think it's at 6-all. So Francis gets a couple points back. Grigor double faults at 6-all. And this is what I was talking about earlier. Mentally, Grigor, at the biggest moments in Grand Slams, it seems like he's just not there. The guy's physically talented. We saw it. He moves around the court. His strokes are beautiful. He has all the shots. Francis was better mentally in this match. Oh, man. To well, me... Don't you think that his Francis's aggressiveness is the manifestation of that confidence uh, that he's bringing into these matches mentally? The fact that he is so willing to be the aggressor. And, and for, to Dimitrov's credit, his forehand on the run in this match was the reason he stayed alive. He was coming up with the goods every time he was put under pressure on that side. Now, to Francis's credit... You know, Dimitrov wanted to get into a slice backhand competition. He wanted to play a little junk ball, and Francis used to be susceptible to that sort of thing. In this match, he hit through every backhand, and the backhand just looked so good. Yeah, I think he learned from his previous losses. He had lost to Grigor several times coming into oh and two coming into this match. Oh and two coming into this one. Also, that Laver Cup match that we remember. I think he really learned something from those matches. I don't know if he went back and watched any film or, or what, but the game plan was clear. He knew what he had to do. He didn't want to get into that slice fest and that kind of junk ball fest that Grigor can kind of lull you into a little bit with his backhand. Oh, man. He just... It was great, man. He, he did what he had to do. His tactics were clear. He was the more aggressive player. He was mentally better, and physically, he caught his second wind. In that fourth set, I'm telling you, man, I was worried after he dropped that third set breaker because he did not look good. He was calling the trainer. I didn't know how that was going to go. I thought we were going five. Oh, I but thought the the best thing in that game, he broke five all in the fourth. He steps in on two backhand returns. One of them, he rips down the line at 15.30. At 15.40, he rips a backhand return right at Grigor's feet, moves forward behind that. I mean, it was it was stunning play from Francis. And you look at this moving forward, you know, yes, he plays the winner of Nadal Burdens, and it's looking right now like that's going to be Rafa who he's got. And you have to wonder how much Francis has left in the tank. And that's a match where, you know, even in his post-match interview, Francis acknowledged how much running he's going to have to do. But just moving into 2019, Francis Tiafo now moves up to a new career high of number 29. He does have that Delray, Delray Beach title to defend. But beyond that, really an average year on the ATP Tour. I think he made an Esterol final as well, but a lot of first-round losses. What do you see now as the potential upside of Francis for this year if he's able to sustain this level? Oh, for sure. I think he's going to break into the top 20, hopefully top 15. That's crazy talk. Top 15's a lot. Possibly top 15. I mean, that would be best-case scenario if he if he continues this play all year. And, and look, to be perfectly fair— that's probably not going to happen. He's going to have some tournaments where he's not quite on. He may take a couple early round losses. But the bottom line is, from this point forward, if he plays at this level, he's got the ability to beat pretty much anybody on tour that he's going to see. You know, with the exception of maybe the top three guys or whoever you want to say, going into any other event, Grand Slam, Masters 1000, I don't care. Guys are not going to want to see Francis Tiafo. Uh, you know, on the other side of the net. 
That's just the bottom line. He's showing that he he has a level that can easily be top 20 at the end of this year. Yeah, I, I think that's completely fair. And for Tiafo, you could see the emotion on his face. And Dimitrov was so classy in defeat, clearly said some kind words to Tiafo when they were embracing after the match. But he got emotional in his post-match press conference. He talked about how much this moment means to him, to his family, you know, how much of a payoff it is for how much hard work he puts in. And, you know, just... It was amazing to see, you know, part of me wants to say, you know, holy f- Francis treat out of his mind in this match. And that's kind of true, but this is now a freshly turned 21-year-old kid. And if this is just, you know, some, if he's just beginning to scratch the surface of his ceiling, the upside, the serve is a weapon, the forehand is a weapon. He can slice his way around the court. It is just so impressive. Yeah, and and like we were saying before, we knew that he had weapons. We've we've seen that, you know, in his matches in previous years. He has the shots, but it was really more about just, you know, how is his confidence level mentally? Is he going to be able to hang with the top guys in pressure moments? Is he going to come up clutch? I'm telling you, and I said this in the last pod, Fritz, Tiafo, these guys are learning how to win on the biggest stage in professional tennis on the ATP Tour. Last year, he didn't have it quite as much. We saw the potential. We knew he was going to be good. Right out of the box, though, this year, he's already putting it together match after match after match. I thought the Seppi match was a huge step. Backing up a win against a top five seed, Kevin Anderson, and now he takes out Grigor Dimitrov to make the quarterfinals. I mean, what else do you want from the guy? You know, he he's doing everything he can. Unbelievable result. So happy for him. And we'll see what he's got against Rafa. I mean... His level of of tennis right now is just incredible. It's so fun to watch. And yes, you mentioned he's probably going to play Rafa in the next round. We can end this conversation about Tiafo here. But just, you know... What do you think about his prospects? Is a major semifinal? Would you be shocked at this point? Would anything shock you? I, I will say this: at this point, I would be shocked if he beat Rafa to make to make the semis. I, I I really would be. I mean, I know he's playing great, but look at how Rafa's playing. I mean, Rafa looks so good. He's been there so many times. You know, this is Francis's first quarterfinal. I would be shocked. I would be shocked if he beat Rafa to make the semis. I really would. would I mean, I hope... No, it would be incredible. Yeah, I hope it happens, but uh, I wouldn't bet on it. No, I I completely agree, and we can leave that there. I do want to mention a couple other early results. We've got, uh, you know, Danielle Collins, the American player who played at Virginia, you know, two-time NCAA champion, taking out Angelique Kerber, 6-0-6-2, to make her first Grand Slam quarterfinal of her career. She, you know, had never won a Grand Slam match before this tournament and has taken out, I believe, two or three seeds now along the way. The, her level of tennis is just so high, and, you know, in her quarterfinal, she plays the winner of Sloan Stevens a fellow American, obviously, or Pavlyuchenkova, you know, Stokoic. It wouldn't be crazy to see her in a semifinal. No, that wouldn't be crazy. If I mean, somehow, and I don't know, I mean, that was some of the best oh, tennis I've seen. over Kerber. Yeah, that was some of the best tennis I've seen Ridiculous. On, the, on the women's tour. I, you know, I can't even remember the last time I saw a match like that. She was, she was unconscious. I mean, hitting winners from all over the place, absolutely just blasting the ball 
you know, I don't know if that was a once in a lifetime thing or a preview of what's to come in her game, but no, I would not be shocked to see her in the semifinals because the women's game is a little bit different from the men's. You know, the men have that solid top three bona fide superstars. The women's game, you know, we've seen eight different women win the last eight slams. Nobody's really at the top. Anybody could win. I would not be shocked to see her win another match. Completely agree with you. Let's talk about two other matches real quick. Ashley Barty, the Australian women's player, number 15 seed, takes out Maria Sharapova, 4-6-6-1-6-4. I believe becomes the fourth Australian woman ever to make the quarterfinals of the Australian Open in singles. So great for her. And then another one, Petra Kvitova, former Grand Slam champion, knocks out the young American Amanda Anisimova, who's had a dream run to the fourth round in this event, 6 2 6 6-1. You know, Anisimova may have lost this match, but she, her, Cece Bellis, Sophia Kennan, Whitney Osegway, there are so many young American women to look out for. Oh, for sure. And I mean, for Anisimova, it's kind of like the Francis Tiafo effect. I mean, we can see her game, right? She has all the shots. She's going to be there. She's only 17. You know, when she puts it all together, give her another couple years and she's going to be right at the top of the game. She'll be a perennial top 10 player. Um, You know, she's just so young right now. Once she learns how to win again, it's kind of similar to what we were talking about with with some of the next gen men. Uh, She'll be right there. Great player. Great tournament for her. Yeah, completely agree with you. Well, then we'll end here. Any final thoughts on this emergency pod that you want to share? or Can we save the rest of them for a little later on? Oh, man. I- I'm still jacked up right now. That's that's all I can say. I'm happy for Francis. I'm loving this tennis, man. It's late. We're up till all hours of the night, but I can't get enough of it. And hopefully we have a few more a few more matches to talk about before this thing's over. It's 1.26 a.m. I called you at 1 asking if you'd be willing to do this, and you didn't even blink. And I appreciate that. I love your enthusiasm, obviously. So happy to do this emergency pod with you. As a quick producing note, you know, this obviously was a Kedish, or a, an incredible event, so we had to say something, but we will not be releasing our next recap until after the fourth round completes. Maybe it'll be Stokowiak, Jamie Roth, and who knows who we'll have on that episode. But be sure to stick around with us for that if you want to hear anything else about our australian open or about this year's australian open it is also our australian open i suppose us fans can take ownership of it check out our website crackedrackets.com it will keep you up to date with anything you want to know but i I guess we can leave it there matt and you know if this is the tone we're setting for 2019 it's going to be one year it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be a hell of a year man what a great way to start aussie open Summer down there. Everybody's loving it. I'm loving it. You're loving it. Let's go, man. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, then, for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, who have a f- an editing job to do, trying to get this out to you as quickly as possible, from my wonderful co-host, Matt Stokowiak, who was willing to do this at any hour of the day, I am your host, Alex Gruskin. Matt, what do we say to our fans? Hey. Great shot. 15 and a half minutes, not too shabby. And we will see you all at the end of the fourth round. Thanks, everyone. Okay.